Welcome to another Talanoa Talk Now podcast, hosted and brought to you by the American Samoa Alliance Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another Talanoa Talk Now podcast. I am Judy Matotia, your host for today's uh, episode. And today we continue with our partners highlights uh, interviews or um, talk stories with our partners, shining some light on the work they do um, for the community, the wonderful services they provide, resources, you name it, that they're able to provide for the community. This is also a way on um, shining, as we shine the light on their work, this is also a way for the community to understand the many services that are available for them, because uh, we strongly believe that um, there's still a big a big part of the community that are still not aware of the services that are available. So today we have uh, joining us today is Paulia Pelinato, the Assistant Director of the Children and Family Services Division um, of the Department um, of Human. Uh, and social services, which is under the, the, the leadership and direction of Director Muaf Vai Fatasi John Suisala. Welcome, Paulia, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Judy. I'm happy to uh, represent DHSS and the services that we provide for the, the people of American Samoa. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we'll dive right into it, um, into our questions. Uh, first question, tell us about your department or your agency. Tell us what goes on in Paulia's background every day. Uh, thank you. So the Department of Human and Social Services is a uh, agency under the, the government of American Samoa. Uh, we have about seven uh, divisions under the department and all of those divisions provide services to American Samoa. Um, and I would briefly touch on the uh, on, on those um, uh, divisions for the, the those that are listening in case they are wondering what are the other services uh, before I, I talk specifically about children and family services. So the American Samoa um, also had American Samoa DHSS also has the American Samoa Nutrition Assistance Program, uh, the ASNAP, which is also better known by most people where the food stamp services are, uh, benefits. And that is um, headed by Assistant Director Langya Fulutswala. Um, and then the second one is the American Samoa Women, Infants and Children's Division, which is ASWIC um, for women and children. That is headed by Assistant Director Nelly Faumuina. Then we also have the child care division um, that is headed by Ms. Tumafua Mayava. She is the assistant director for CCD. Uh, we also have the Developmental Disability Planning Council or DDPC headed by Ms. Norma Smith, who is the assistant director for that division. And then uh, Ms. Tanya White Atofau is the assistant director for the Program Integrity and Tobacco Division. And then finally, uh, myself, Paulia Paopinato, the Assistant Director for Children and Family Services Division. Um, 
the mission for DHSS is providing the best possible services for the people that we serve. And we serve everyone in American Samoa. The vision for the department is basically an organization that is focused on providing comprehensive resources in the field of human and social services for a healthier, safer American Samoa. Now for the Children and Family Services Division, um, our mission is um, the division of CFSD uh, has seven programs. The first program that we have is adoption and guardianship. Um, we provide services as far as any parent who is looking to a, uh, legally adopt a child or to legally file um, guardianship for an adult who may not be able to make decisions on their own. That is through the court. And so we provide that services uh, to be able to, it's almost like hands and feet for the court uh, to provide all the information, but we do not make the decision um, for the final adoption or the guardianship that is provided by the court. The second program that we have is the Adult Protective Services Program that provides services for uh, any, any individual from 18 years and above. This goes into domestic violence program, uh, sexual assault program, elderly abuse services, any uh, services that requires assistance to an individual from 18 uh, years old and above, we provided under the Adult Protective Services. Now, if we don't have any services specifically um, within DHSS, we also provide the referral uh, to other government agencies and uh, agencies that we collaborate for services. Um, the other program that we have is the AINGA Care Program. This is similar to the um, mainland foster care, kinship care program uh, to provide a safe family um, for a child to live with uh, while they try to achieve a safe reconciliation with their family. Um, so it's, it's like foster care, but a kinship care program. Then we also have the child protective services program. Uh, that is services for children from infancy all the way to 17 years old, uh, almost 18 years old. Um, any, any children that is suffering victimization, um, neglect, um, needing a parental uh, intervention as far as not having a relative around to make the decisions for them, um, that's where CPS comes in. Then we also have the Emergency Solutions Grant Program. That is a homeless prevention program. We provide rental assistances to low-income families who require assistance to maintain uh, their rental home, as well as rapid rehousing for families that have been evicted from their homes um, and cannot find a place to, to live at the end of the month. 
In addition to that, we also have the emergency homeless, um, the emergent, sorry, the emergency homeless shelter that is operated 24 hours for families who have been evicted um, and cannot find a place where they will live right away. Um, so that is a, a shelter that we have 24 hours. And then uh, we also have the crisis intervention unit program services, which is also our safe haven 24-hour shelter for women and children uh, who have been displaced or have been removed from their home due to safety issues. Uh, we also have the crisis line, which is 24 hours, um, and that's for reporting child abuse, domestic violence, any form of victimization, or for when um, our counterparts are trying to uh, needing some assistance and they require our presence, um, that is a line that they can reach us 24 hours. And then finally, we have all of these services available also in Fitiuta and uh, Ofumanua. We have offices there and staff that can be able to provide the assistances um, in, in these services within Children and Family Services. So um, I know that is a lot but those are the services that we provide under Children and Family Services Malo. Uh, Division. Malo, Malo. Um, you're right, that is a lot. Um, and but that's the work that's the work we need done. Uh, and it's um, serving the community. Um, you have so the the crisis line. I was wondering about the crisis line. Um, so anybody could call the crisis line. Like even um, you said your counterpart. So even the advocates that are needing your support or anybody else um, yes. that might be needing to refer someone, right? Yes. They can call the crisis is, line, right? That is correct. This okay. is both for our counterparts as well as the community. If they need to report or ask, report uh, a, an abuse or ask a question that they want to understand about reporting, um, disclosing an information, or even wanting to ask about some services or referrals, yeah. mm -hmm. or even an outreach that they would like for us to come out to churches and organizations. And then as, as you have said, yes, that it is also for our counterparts if they should need our assistance. Okay. And it's available 24 seven. Yes. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Um, I know you guys have a program for, um, for suicide prevention. Right. I mean, you guys are big on suicide um, prevention during um, in September. Um, yeah. Would you like to um, share some more information on that program? Because I'm not sure I might have missed it. You probably did mention it, but I'm I, I probably missed it or so. Um, or that's mm -hmm. the same. The crisis line you just talked about. Right. That's the mm -hmm. same line that um, those that are feeling the need to, you know, um, or are in need of support, they can still call that number, the crisis line, right? Thank you, Or is Judy. it different? So the um, suicide prevention was a program that we partnered together with uh, the Department of Health and the Behavioral and Health Services while it was still under DHSS. Okay. Um, at the moment, we provide the services when we are called in to come 
um, and, and provide assistance. As I have mentioned, Adult Protective Services provide uh, services when there's a call that comes in and it requires an adult that they need someone to talk to or they need some type of referral, whatever it may be. Now we can come out to where the call is at or if the person is also willing to come in for a sit down and then uh, we, we provide, provide both of those. This is also the same for the Child Protective Services. If children who are experiencing uh, suicidal thoughts, um, ideation, and are being reported by a friend or a counselor or a parent as well that they require intervention and require some type of um, help. That is through our child protective services, and we provide we provide assistance in in that um, in that regard. As far as counseling, uh, we don't provide that services. That is through the behavioral health uh, services under DOH, and we provide the referral um, through through them as our, our, our partners to be able to provide uh, that assistance. Now with the phone number, the crisis line, that is also a number that is available for anyone if that is the only number that they have. However, for the suicide prevention uh, helpline in American Samoa, I would like to ask to use the 988 as that is the national uh, known line uh, for both off-island and in American Samoa as well. Uh, both the 988 and ourselves um, work really good and we have uh, good collaborations as far as them reaching out to us or even us reaching out to them. So uh, the 988 is the helpline that is preferred for suicide uh, prevention services. Thank you. Thank you for that. <clears throat> no problem. Thank you for clear, clearing that out. So now that you've run down the many services that your department provides, um, that the Department of Human and Social Services um, provides, what differentiates you from other agencies or organizations that run similar programs? Is there anything in your programs that are different with some of the programs that other um, agencies or organizations run? Uh, so I would like to say for DHSS, I believe that uh, the Department of Human and Social Services is the only uh, agency in American Samoa that is providing services for food stamp benefits, mm. uh, WIC benefits, uh, daycare services, uh, tobacco licensing. I believe that it this is the only agency that does that. As far as the Children and Family Services Division, um, that I had the programs that I've listed. Uh, the only difference is CFSD by way of DHSS is the state appointed agency dealing with social welfare services when it comes to children um, cases. So uh, other agents, other um, nonprofit organizations um, and agencies have their programs designed to help families and provide services, but we are all working together um, to try and combat um, these issues of child abuse, um, domestic violence, sexual assault. Um, all of the agencies are and nonprofit organizations work together. But I believe that as far as DHSS through, DA, um, through CFSD, 
Um, our services are specific. Um, and because we operate under the American Samoa Code annotated, um, and it, as, as mentioned before, it is the state appointed agency to provide the services um, for the children and the population of American Samoa. Thank you. Thank you. So how did you become involved with this agency? How did you become <laughs> how did you become involved with 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 this work, this line of work? Um, because I remember I know you Paulia from from ASCC from you were at ASCC at one time, right? Yes. And I know this time I thought you were a teacher. You were a teacher after so and, and so now you're running with the bulls. <laughs> Let's just put it this way, with the work that we do, how did you become um, involved with, with, with this line of work? Thank you. You know, funny enough, um, when I was going to school and trying to, as a young person, was trying to figure out what I was going to do at first, initially, I always wanted to be a teacher. And then as life would have it, I thought I, I changed my major when I went into halfway through high school, I wanted to be a nurse. I was always at LBJ because my mother was a uh, caseworker um, at LBJ mental health clinic. So I was always around the hospital after schools and she would let me run errands and stuff. And I, I would see these nurses helping people. And I, and I, I thought to myself, wow, you know, I want to be a nurse because I wanted to help people. And so little by little, um, and then I think the reason what made, what drew me to nursing was helping people. That was the baseline of, of, of choosing a career was wanting to help people. Now I never knew in what capacity, but I always knew that I wanted to uh, work in a field where I can help people. And then seeing the work that my mom did when she transitioned from mental health at LBJ into social services. So when she transitioned over, I would come and visit her at her work and looking at the work that they did. And I, and I thought, wow, you know, there's not a lot of people that does uh, social work, um, you know, type of jobs. When I went off island and I looked into it and I said to myself, this is the type of work that I wanted to do. But as you know, coming back after school, coming back, it's really hard to try and get into the government at that time, or, or let alone trying to find a job with the government. So I had to um, get a job that was closest to what I wanted to do um, and, and something that was available at that time. I was very passionate at the time. I have a nephew who has uh, was born with developmental disabilities. And for our family, he's the very first for us. So we were trying to learn everything we could. And so there was an opening uh, with the USAID program up at ASCC headed by Mr. Faima Mautupuola. Um, and I, I was able to work there and I learned a lot when I was working there with Tafa, um, with the, the population of disabilities. And then um, when there was an opening up at the government with the Department of Youth and Women's Affairs as a youth coordinator, I took up that position. But in all the works that I did, I always knew that I wanted to work. It was either at the court or at DHSS. Those were the two places that I wanted to look at. And so eventually I found my way over to 
DHSS looking and um, it was actually Director Mwabai Fatasi John Sisala, who um, I went to to and asked if there was an opening there um, at the time. And so that's how I ended up with DHSS turned in my resume and applied for the opening position that was there. And in, later uh, in 2018, I believe it was October, 2018, I moved over to DHSS um, at the Children and Family Services Division. You knew what you wanted and you didn't hold back. You, I mean, you didn't sit back. Um, I, I, was, I would have to say I was very comfortable working at um, DIWA. I loved working there with the people that was there and the, the work that we were doing. But there was just something in my heart that kept, you know, it just letting me know that, mm -hmm. you know, you can't be comfortable where you're at. There's something else that you need to do. And, yeah. and so... I reached out and thankfully um, through God's leading and the help of, of those that he put in place, I was able to, to make that move. Wow. That's, that's such a, that is such a big success story of you going after what you, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking you going after your inkling, like you, you knew what you wanted to do, but you weren't sure how you were going to do it. Right. You knew you wanted to help yes. people, but it was like, um, in what way, but then at, and then you were saying you knew you wanted to be at the courthouse or at DHSS, right? And yes. so you you just took the bull by the horns and you <laughs> just went straight to the director and asked, now, would you have an opening here? Because many people don't do that, right? People just submit their resumes, whatever applications, and then they wait. They hold back, they yeah. wait, you know, they they don't, but you didn't wait. You and <laughs> see, it's um it's all part of the bigger picture. You know, it's all part yes. of the bigger planning, God's planning. <laughs> so, yes, very much so. So, what is the vision and mission of DHSS? Um, what is the vision and mission of DHSS? Yeah. So, the mission of DHSS is basically to provide the best possible services for the people we serve. It's making sure it's not just so the mission is not just for a person who walks in. And if we don't provide the, the services that they're asking for, then we turn them around. It's basically connecting them and their families to the services, whether it be at DHSS or a nonprofit organization or another agency, that's what DHSS is about, connecting the people to the services that they require. And so, uh, making sure that even if it's not within our division for CFSD, we reach out to our other uh, colleagues in other divisions and say, you know, I have this person, they, they need the help in, in, in this situation, you know, could they be able to set up an appointment and come and sit with you and apply and see what can you provide me so that I can give them so they'll be able to come in and they're ready with what documents they need to bring. So it's providing the best services to the people, um, whether directly or indirectly, we wanna be sure that they're provided when they leave our offices and leave um, our place of work, that they have they feel like they've accomplished what they came to, to seek for. Now that, that's the mission of DHSS. 
The vision for DHSS is basically focused on providing comprehensive resources in the field of human and social services for a healthier and safer American Samoa. Again, it goes back to connecting people to the services that they require help at the time. You know, how can they achieve, um, how can they reach the services that they need and not just one services, connect them to as many resources as they can or where they can, where they can go to directly. Um, so that that's the vision of DHSS. So, but and how effective, how effective has the department been in achieving that mission and vision? How effective has it been? I mean, you're saying that you're you're when when I listen to you talking about the mission, I see people being referred, and I see those many, hence the many services you mentioned, right? I could just see somebody walking in and well, walking into the wrong, walking through the wrong doors and then somebody just referring them down mm -hmm. the hallway to the right people, right? I mean, but still in that area. So um, can you add on to how effective has, a, has DHSS been in achieving its mission? Uh, yes. So I think the, the effectiveness of this is being able to not just refer by word of verbally saying, look, you need to go here, you need to call this number. This is basically us taking your name, if, if the person would allow us, taking your name, taking your contact information, and then sending an email out. It doesn't take five minutes to just send an email out to somebody, you know, our counterparts, our colleagues in a different division and say, look, I've got this person here. I'm sending them down your way, but in case they don't make it there, can you please call them and reach them, you know, and make sure. And that, that I want to say um, is a practice that is from our director all the way down to our frontline staff, because a person could go up to the director's office and the services are not being provided there because the services are provided down at the divisions. The director himself or the deputy directors themselves or whoever at the director's office would send me an email and say, look, somebody came here today. Um, they're following up on their adoption or they're following up on their case. This is their name. This is their number. If you can please reach out to them today. Um, and we always try to make sure that whenever the person came in or seeking um, the information, when we have it, it must be a returned call or email on that day. Unless there's no way for us to confirm the information, it, it's always nice to call and say, look, we don't have the information right away, but can you give us a couple of days um, to do that? Another way, I mean, I'm not sure if this is measured in, in a different capacity, and I, I may be um, missing it right now, but a lot of times as people, you know, I meet on the road or at the store and they say, hey, thank you for um, referring me to childcare. Um, that really helped a lot, having to know all the documents to go in before I go, or thanks for connecting me to so-and-so, sending me to DOE for this. Um, it's not with you guys, it's with, you know, with another division. So, I mean, personally for me, that's how I feel that is achievable, but I, I'm sure there's another way that our department um, measures the success in that. <laughs> I, you, I, I'm sure I can get that information a lot better and send it to you. Thank you, Paul Leo. On that note, I wanted to share, um, as you're saying that, you know, you have a few people, you have a lot of people come up and 
Um, and thank you for the services. Um, when I was interviewing one of the partners last week, they actually shared a story that involved you. Um, uh, her having to advocate for someone who was trying to trying to get custody of their children, of her of her daughter or something. And I think this person came from off island. Um, and then they they didn't get any help support from the um, Department of uh, Public Service. Sorry to say that, but you know I'm just repeating what this advocate had. Um, uh, uh, I don't know how she she took it. Well, she took on this woman's case, and she tried all the other <laughs> areas where they would um, you would think someone would go through. It wasn't until they went through DHSS that she said that the case actually opened up. It wasn't until they came to DHSS. And so wow. the mother now has her children back with her. Um, wow. But she she broke down and, you know, she broke down in tears um, telling this advocate um, how nobody here would help her. Nobody here would help her, you know. Um, uh, and I guess because we're such a small community, everybody knows everyone. Nobody wants to yeah. get in other people's business when, when they're involved in these kind of things. But... <laughs> She the this the service provider had pointed out how she wouldn't have been able to support um, the many victims and clients that she has to deal with when she doesn't have the support of agencies such as yourself, uh, Department of Public Safety. You know that's how she does. She is unable to do the work. But when she has that support, things just work just like that. And so she was very grateful to, um, she even mentioned the director's name, actually. She said she said that he just took one look at the case um, and he knew it was something that, you know, no, the woman had every right to to her children, um, but how it, it, it was, it, once the case got to DHSS, according to her, it was smooth sailing, um, you know, forward. Um, so it was a happy ending, you know. Uh, we were in tears as we were, as she's telling me, we're, at the interview so don't bring on any theory stories uh, -huh. uh that's yeah. wonderful to hear that, that yes that was i was i was i was heartbroken when she was telling me about how this woman came from off island um and she went all she went through all the the um she navigated the system where she thought would help her or that she yeah. needed to go through um and she wasn't she didn't know anything about dhss you know she, um and so it wasn't until she connected with an advocate here and she um, went through DHS. She said that when she got the case, the first, the first um, agency she thought of to go through was you guys. And then once she went through you, she came to you guys. It, that was, that was it. It was an open and closed case. It was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, she suffered unnecessarily by going through these oh. other cases. So it speaks to the professionalism and the training that DHSS has, that you guys have there. So thank you for that. Thank you for the for providing those thank services. Um, because you. that's that's not easy when you're trying to navigate the system. You can give up halfway through. Yes. When yes. when you go that, through, that's very true. you can give up halfway through. Like you go to one, two offices or agencies, that's it for you. You know, it's very... Um, it's very um, energy draining to some people. It, it can um, be overwhelming. Overwhelming, exactly. Um, and Especially I know so for those that are uh, from off island 
or, or those even that are, are residents here but are not familiar with the process or the yes. services that are available to them. Yeah. Yes. Yes, so thank you. Um, thank you for sharing that. I will definitely um, bring that back to my staff. Those are wonderful um, stories that yes. motivate them and, mm -hmm. and, and boost the morale of the staff. I hope so. Yeah, they, I, they never please hear, do. They rarely please. hear back on, on, on that. So that's wonderful please, to hear. Please and, do share. And we're happy um, that, um, that, late, that mom was able to get the services and yeah. And and um, and this isn't this isn't going to be part of the, but I know this family, the family that this woman was up against, you know, ah. very very influential well, family him. here. In, ah, yes, okay. here in the territory. So yeah. um, and the father also was um, was at TPS before, so he's retired from TPS. Oh, I so, think I know the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I saw them. I saw pictures on Facebook, and it was hard for them to part with uh with the um yeah but but i see them now like i guess the mother allows the the kids to come back and visit the grandparents yeah. or, or so and and yeah. they look they look like you know they're, they're, they have this good relationship going on you know yeah. the kids <laughs> going back so so yeah but um but when when mona was sharing with me how they came to 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 john and John just took one look at the file and he said, this is the, you know, this is not a hard case. This is, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, but it speaks. It, it, it becomes uh, very difficult for because they operate. And that's what I always tell my, my staff. You operate basically by the law. Nothing yeah. outside of the law. If you do everything by the law, that's how it is. Mm. Whether we like it or not, whatever our emotions and our ties are. But again, if, if it's a, a case that hits home for one of the staff, they immediately recluse themselves. Mm -mm -mm. So, yeah, well, you know. That's the only thing to do. Uh, if yeah. I mean, it's so that they don't get in trouble. It's, yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's really good. But yeah, um, going back to that, please... Please share that success story. That's a big success story with, um, for your, for yeah. your team. So please share it with them and your department. Um, what are some of the risks and challenges that um, that the department faces, and how do you how do you overcome them? What are some of the risks and challenges that you you probably don't face have any, but just in case you do have some, um, what are some and how do you overcome them? Uh, the challenges that we have is people interpreting the law in their own terms rather than what it was written for. <laughs> or the challenge is when others, other agency or no, I, I will take that back, not other agency, other people in their capacities in different agencies will try to interpret how the services should be. And they make it very difficult for the staff to conduct the work that they do. Uh, that is always the challenge. The challenge is our people, family members, not understanding that what we do 
are services that are based on the law that is written for these services. And of course, by the council of um, a legal um, representation under the uh, attorney general's office for our services, as far as children and family services are. Uh, so there is always a legal representation. We have a, 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 an attorney under the AG's office that guides and provides guidance um, with the work that the staff does. So the that is always the, the challenge. The challenge is having our people, our families understand why we make the decision that we made. And it's always based on the law and the legal guidance that is provided. Um, a lot of times it's very difficult to part with children that has been in your care or to uh, wait a couple of days until you can see your spouse or your children, or even know that once you cannot see your spouse directly or indirectly, um, then it become people will develop ways on how to connect and try to challenge um, the system and the process in place. That That is a risk in the work that we do um, and the services that we provide. Yeah. Mm. You know, the more you talk about um, how the services you provide, the work you uh, provide um, or do at DHSS is based on the law, right? The more you say that, the more I realize that I never knew that. I never knew that that it was based on the law. But now that you're saying it, it all makes sense. And if it if 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 workers follow that, it makes it so much easier, right? It yes. makes the work so much easier that we're um, because of course your your team um, is. Um, should be familiar with um, all aspects of the of of the law, the code annotated, and and so forth. But it's yeah. it's the clients it's the clients that make it hard because they don't want to hear um, that that's how the law is. They're thinking it's you, right? It's think, <laughs> they're thinking it's yes. this caseworker that doesn't want me to see my my child or my my spouse, or it's this caseworker that's making things hard for me. We try to tell the staff to try uh, and make it uh, understandable. Mm. Uh, we feel for them and what is going on, but our hands are tied because we must always operate under the law. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 so uh, Title Forty Five uh, for our listeners and, and and those who would like to know more details 
for the Samoa American Samoa Code annotated. Uh, it's it's always good to 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 look up Title Forty Five. Uh, so now mm -hmm. Chapter Twenty is specific to child protection and the services that we provide, but there are other chapters too um, in the in the Title Forty Five that you can check. He he services Moalum Fanau. Now mm -hmm. Title Forty Seven also has the one for domestic and family violence mm -hmm. uh, uh, services, which is in Mafayelatoona. Ona tang tang ayi tulang umanal tulafono. Ina iya mawai fo isa mal malama ang ay tapo fai e e e sila fiai le 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 awivi o leolo tati ay le o nangal o fingal wenga e wii lava o le matuk ti tapo mafai lava ina iya tato ngalulue fa atasi ma abatu awala e fa ato afile muai ma fa mal malama ina ilengal wenga iya pita iya nele tutusa umale malule ato nuu Lato for ear finangalo, uh, ille too lang or made to Puyalum fa, now welling at a little valley, Ungali, Yamatu, and may sell a bite too lang a yalum fa now. Yeah, I for a yay lavelle tantonuma, a mua lavelle vow, ill of fingal winger, a tangai for ill to no way, a little tail of fingal winger, a laity lover, a too lang or tausanga. เอาเลยงัดใจเลยไอ้เฟียมูฮัลลุมฟานาวิตูลังอัลตูลาฟอนูอีเลมาลุปุยปุยไอ้เลงัดใจฟอยเลอลจังอัจจะมาตัวอี
last year ile taimina i know le was fulu was fulu le na 2020 we uh that's when covid first hit um but we locally uh were hit last year ah so how were your services affected by covid um ole macho o o nangai le children and family services division Sata puniale officer, it take more more for to add to put Sata puniale officer you to lay a while the main office in a you to lay Sata punia or not too long or too long for no. Peter Yanele Ongangai respond. Ile taimia manao mia ile services or mato shelter services mm. or rental assistance matulanga mafapena sa sa tau ave pea yelanga luenga sa fai na fainga luenga lava fo ile fainga luenga o te loa pea ise sea wena ulitasi yelva yaso na tapu nia ia ona tatala tui tatala lola yele ol mato uh, our own nanga il mato officer sa mato fainga luenga first we started out ile uh, I can't remember if it was four to six hours a day. Salwe i oil officer, but ele ele tu uailenga luenga fatino le lusufai tu lape amana umiele sosoani. Yeah, as as I have mentioned, our main office alone was closed, but our shelter services were still operated twenty four hours. So in 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 regards, other than the main office hours, our services were still um, running. Um, during the COVID, um, when it hit locally. Okay, so you're one of those that pretty much worked throughout COVID. I mean, you really, you didn't have, um, everybody was, uh, what do they call it? Essential workers? Uh, is that what yes. they called Everybody yeah. that needed to, to get back. But then, yeah. of course, your services are around, your services are 24-7. So um, was there, did it look like um, during COVID, so so how was that then during COVID? Because you know how they said that during COVID with quarantine, people being isolated and everything, um, mm -hmm. violence just went up uh, in every country around the world. How was that for us? Um, that was, was that, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. How was that for us? Like, I was just gonna say, were you, did you guys get a lot of calls? I mean, um, was it crazy? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, um, as it is with the rest of the world, it, so it was with us. We had the highest number in cases uh, since the COVID hit. Um, before COVID, before 2020, um, the data that we have, we had about the most cases we would have for DV was around 61 a year annually. Um, the most we'll get, I believe it was 72. Uh, when COVID hit, we had almost 200 cases. Oh my God. Yeah, in domestic violence and elderly abuse cases. We have a heightened in elderly abuse cases, mm. uh, fraud for you know financial benefits yeah, yeah. Uh, for elderly abuse, uh, neglect as well. Um, and then also for our uh, child protective services, uh, it was doubled the number in that. Um, so yes, the number did increase. Um, for American Samoa as well, together with the rest of the world. So those numbers, are those all call-ins? People that called in or? Um... No, the number I'm I'm giving you are open cases, are actual cases with, okay. with us. So that's wow. not that's not counting crisis line calls. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm giving you 
cases that we literally worked on. This would, once a case is open, it would, it merits a home visit child welfare check, merits a family meeting, um, and then sometimes you, yeah, a court hearing, um, and there's an intervention for the children and or the adult. Yeah. So oh. these are staff having to uh, conduct home visits, assessments, yeah. child welfare check. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is the agency's impact on the community it serves? What is the agency's impact on the community here in American Samoa that it serves? I think for the Department of Human and Social Services, it has a huge impact into the community as far as services it provides. Mm -hmm. uh, from food stamp to WIC benefits to daycare services so mothers and fathers can go to work, work. Um, and provide for their family to the social welfare services that we provide. Um, I think it would be, I, of course, I'm not tooting our own horn, mm -hmm. but based on the services um, that the Department of Human and Social Services provide to American Samoa, it is a tremendous impact into the community. Um, I, I know that the food stamp alone helps a lot of families um, and, 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 you know, with, with financial uh, needs that require, um, you know, the help with food, the nutrition with children and women um, in, in the WIC program, the child care services, you know, anyone that has traveled to the United States and seen um, how child care is in the States, it's expensive. Um, so, you know, child care in American Samoa for, for parents to be able, mothers to be able to go to work, that's a tremendous help to a lot of families. Not to mention, um, it also provides work and businesses for those that uh, operate these child care mm -hmm. facilities. Um, and then in addition to that, the services that we provide from, uh, you know, CFSD for social welfare services, and then our um, tobacco licensing that, you know, um, regulates some of the laws for um, cigarette smokes. Sorry, can you stop? Not stop, but can you edit that? Um, mm. um, tobacco services and then our DDPC for, uh, with their sister agency in services for um, individuals with disabilities. So all in all, um, DHSS, in my humble opinion, um, has a, a, a tremendous positive impact in providing the assistance to the people of American Samoa. Yeah. That's true because um, um, you guys might not realize it, but to many families, they really depend on, um, you know, food stamp, WIC. Uh, and a lot of that nutritional stuff for infants, it's expensive. Uh, so WIC, I mean, for some, it might not be a lot, but it's something. It's something to support and, and assist. Uh, so share some of your success stories, please. Um, you can share like, what's your most successful program? Why is it your successful, your most successful program? Um, you can share a best example of the way you've seen your department's work make a difference. What are some of the, your success stories that you want to share with us? Mm. It can be one if you want. 
<laughs> Something different from the, sh the story I shared. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I, I believe the uh, a lot of the success stories. I'm sure there's a lot of success stories in the programs. I just I have never sat to think about that. But quickly off the top of my head, I think one of the services that uh, provides a lot of services for our people in American Samoa is our Emergency Solutions Grant Program. Um, this provides rental assistances for low-income families, um, as well as our homeless shelter. Now, a lot of people always say, well, we don't have homelessness in American Samoa. Mm. You don't have people living under tents by the roadside and, mm. you know, under trees. Um, but there are situations in life that places a person into a homeless situation, um, whether they tell tua to a family and then, you know, so uh, the ESG program provides a lot of uh, help and assistance to families, low-income families that require an immediate accommodation, overnight accommodation, um, and then the um, continuity of being able to be in a home. Um, so providing that rental assistance program. Another program that I also believe is a success story is our um, Ainga Care program. It's a very small program. Um, it's not known by many, but this is a program that we, un not until August of last year, ever since this program was operated, we do not um, pay, as it is in the United States, foster care families are paid a monthly subsidy to provide the care for these children. Um, our Ainga Care does not um, provide. Our Ainga Care does not pay subsidy, uh, monthly subsidy for these families. So, the success in these stories is having families and having people in American Samoa come to uh, accept to be responsible for some of the children that cannot. Uh, achieve safe, um, you know, relocation back to their families. So um, at first we were always looking at relatives, blood relatives, those that are near and familiar to the children. Unfortunately, some cases and some situations, um, the, the closest kin does not have the financial means or is not on their own in their own home they're home with somebody else. So other people in the community who register for this program um, and, and volunteer to care for these children, for me, that is the success. When you have people, sorry. <sighs> when you it's have good, people, it's okay. <laughs> when you have people that are willing um to care for children that is not a blood relative that was never in the vicinity of their care, mm -hmm. but they accept that this is an additional mouth to feed, additional expense in clothing, you know, additional space to their home. 
and they welcome this child and have and and show love and show support to me that is the closest that we can see what our father in heaven does um for us so mm. and without expecting any payment and without expecting you know saying well what is the government going to do for me? Or, you know, yeah. looking mm-hmm. back and say, well, can you provide this for me while I do this for you? I mean, this is just, to me, it's a it's a testament to our culture. It's a testament to our people. Um, but it's also a testament to the God that we serve, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I really, it, it's underrated, but and it's 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 never known. It's never blasted out there. Yeah. But to mm-hmm. me, that is a, that is a, a a really a success story. Um, another success story for me is our um, child protective services unit. Um, a lot of them are compiled of young staff who really has worked really hard to try and. Um, trained and educated in 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 outputting of the services in the correct way and being able to help with families and you know there's a lot of demand that comes with the work that we do as far as staff um, to be able to make yourself available 24 hour when you are needed um, you know and and be pulled away from a family function whatever it may be, but this is a wonderful team that we have right now. Um, to, they work with each other. They try to make things work. Always, um, you know, reaching out to the legal counsel for guidance, um, just trying to make sure that the children in our care receive the best of what we offer. Um, the success, I mean, to me, that is a success um, in the way that I see as a as a team that can be able to roll out the services and be able to make yourself available to the services, whether you're paid or not, you know, um, and even to go beyond. Um, I have staff members um, that pay out of pocket for the kids' clothes. They they pay out of pocket for the kids' food. They pay out of pocket for the kids' um, supplies and stuff when 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 we don't have it at the time. Uh, this goes both for our child protective services and our um, crisis uh, intervention services. Those that are um, in our shelter services, you know, um, a lot of time they 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 pay out of pocket to just you know, and so even even down to something that cost them $20 to somebody it's like well it's just $20 but you know when you have to sacrifice the money that you take care of your family and your parents and spend it on something else um, that to me is when you can do the work outside of yourself that that's a lot that says a lot I mean there's a there's a lot of um, you know but the way that I see success it in my eyes may be different in the way that others uh, see these services success, mm. you know, in, 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 in the many facets that they yeah. see. Yeah, but, but that's how, those are the success stories of, of service providers, of advocates, is when the, when the victims are, the people that we serve are able to move forward, right? Move forward 
without without our services anymore. I mean, they're moving forward. Yeah. Um, those are the real success stories because it tells you you did something right. You did something yeah. right uh, because there are many service providers out there, many advocates that still need the training because victims are dependent on them, rely on them, right, yeah. to do all the heavy lifting. But yeah. my training with advocacy is that the victims are the ones that do the heavy lifting, you know, um, they, they are the patients uh, um, and advocates or service providers are like the doctors that just guide them and tell them what to do, you know, take two steps today, go walking today, you need your exercise. But if they don't do it, if the patient doesn't do it, then they stay the same. And so many of these victims have turned around and um, rather than being able to move forward, they're like, so dependent and rely heavily on the advocates uh, for the advocate to to find every single thing every mm -hmm. single thing because you know and sometimes also sometimes also with the work we do service providers advocates need to know need to understand when they need to step out meaning um yes. if they can't provide the services the help they need to be able to um, be able to see that, identify that, and yeah. move the victim on to refer the victim on onwards, right, to yeah. someone else who can provide better services. And that's 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 having strength, being able to identify that, rather yeah. than knowing that and still continuing with um, not being able to provide the victim with uh, with what they need. Uh, so yes, success stories. So share on the affiliation, share on the affiliation that you have, that DHSS has with the Alliance, or how is the Alliance connected to the work that you do? Thank you. So um, the Alliance has been a, a, a longstanding partner of uh, DHSS way before I came on, on board. Um, and so, for Children and Family Services Division, we have a very close-knit, I'd like to believe that we have a very close-knit relationship with Alliance. Um, Alliance, provide, <laughs> Alliance provide a lot of the services for our clients. Um, you, you folks, as you have mentioned, um, provide guidance um, for, for, for clients and people that usually would not come to us first. They usually come to Alliance first and then Alliance mm -hmm. will refer the clients to us. And then we work with you guys on how to provide the services with that client. Alliance has also provided um, several support as far as providing computer um, for uh, our resource center for children that are placed in the safe haven shelter that we have. I believe it was I think about two years ago, um, the Alliance provided through your, your grant funding was able to provide printer um, tables and chairs and uh, computer desktops that we helped created our resource center as a homework section for our children that are in the home, uh, school age children that are housed in the, the safe haven shelter uh, awaiting their cases. Um, Alliance has also been able to help um, recently bring to our attention 
um, some federal funding that was made available to American Samoa. So we continue to work with Alliance to provide um, steady services, support services, not just for our staff and services, but also for our clients. Yeah. What kind of support, um, well, you've talked about what the kind of support that the Alliance has provided in the past. As a partner, as a, as a partner that continues to work collaboratively with DHSS, how can we, how can the Alliance continue to support you? Are there any other ways that the Alliance can continue to support you? <laughs> I, I, I believe that is a question um, that both Alliance can also answer, but we can also help in, in that matter. You can continue to help us the way that you continue us today uh, in referring clients and helping us work through um, some of the cases that we have with clients. Um, there are times that I believe some of the staff at Alliance can better, um, what's the, the word for it, not access, um, build a rapport um, with, with the community and, and with people. Sometimes when they think of a government agency, um, it, it, it may be hard for them to approach the government entity but it's easier um, to our nonprofit organizations who are already in the community um, and may be easier for a lot, as it has been in the past. A lot of our young people, a lot of uh, young mothers are able to access your services and then you refer them to us um, and then continue in your capacity as a victim advocate um, that is available and continue to work with us on, on how we can support the victims and their families. Okay. Um, how do you work with peers who address similar issues? How do you work with other other partners that address similar issues like you? Um, because this is um, one thing I've noticed is um, when I first came into this work, um, I noticed that um, service providers found it hard to work together, you know, um, like there was a lot of territorial, um, right. you know, issues. Yeah. Um, other people didn't like support from other, other uh -huh. service providers didn't like support from other service providers for this victim, right? But yeah. then we realized that one service provider can't provide all the services that a victim might need. Uh, there are victims that have to go through numerous ser services. Um, so, so how do you work with peers who address the issues that you know that DHSS addresses. Thank you. I think um, two ways. Um, the first uh, that I know is something that we've had recently is to be able to bring everybody at the table. Um, it's the work that we do is so broad. The services required by the victims and their and their families is broad it's going to take them a lifetime to recover and, 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 and walk through these services. So I think it's important that we sit at the same table, uh, not having fragmented services and, and be territorial in the work that we do. When we can openly communicate and openly um, uh, have this um, two-way conversation 
about the services, where your services stops, where I pick up. Where can we where can we mingle together? How can we do that? Are we allowed to do that? You know, what can we cost share on? What can I support you with? What can you support me with? Those are those are um, very important and very critical uh, conversations that should happen. And so I, I feel that the one that we had um, uh, in a couple of months ago, um, two months ago, we had is very important bringing our peers to the table to be able to understand and let you know this is how we do the work. And so you let us know um, if there's a question as we process this through, where do you fit in? Do you do you come in here or 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 is this even where you're the spectrum where you should be or you should be at this side? It, um, and so we continue to do that. We have one planned in uh, September, I believe, again, for all the partners to come at, sit at the table and provide an update of how things are with our services, how we feel um, you can help us and how can we help you. Um, I think that's one thing that um, allows us and our peers to not be redundant, but it's not going anywhere about mm. trying to say, I do this, but you do that, right? And then in the same time, while people are being territorial, the victim is like, hello, <laughs> like what's going on, you know? So um, we need to understand that the services is for the people and where do you stop and where do I start or where do we come in together and when where, where do we part? It's having that understanding of services to better serve the victim and their clients. And then number two is always being able, being available. Um, if you're not available, someone from your organization or department is able to sit in on meetings of other peers. That way there is a voice from DHSS when things are being unfolded at Alliance you know, or at a different um, agency uh, or NGO. If there's a meeting going on and you're talking about we're doing this, this is what we're doing, yada, yada, yada. We at DHSS can have a voice and say, we support that. This is what we can bring to the table. This is how we can provide our support, um, you know, and then go from there. Um, or even say, sorry, you know, that's not within what we can do, but we know another agency or another department or another division that that falls under their um, spectrum of services. But at least you're sitting at the table, so there is an open communication of how you can better serve the community um, in, the, in that regard. Right, right, right. Um... What are the department's goals for the next three to five years? Uh, like what priorities will help you achieve them? What barriers are in your way? If you want to share, like, I mean, I mean, if this is confidential, you don't have to share. But any <laughs> goals the department has for the next three to five years? Um, um, I, I know the department has a lot of goals, but I'm going mm -hmm. to speak for uh, Children and Family Services. I am happy to say that one of our goals will be um, celebrated tomorrow. Um, it is coming in fruition and it is completed our new uh, safe haven shelter. 
Um, it is called the Manaya Shelter. This is our domestic violence and children's safe haven shelter. It has been completed. It is fully furnished. Um, we are going to open it tomorrow and then it'll be operated um, underway. Um, as soon as tomorrow we're moving in um, after the opening. So after I believe more than 30 years, this is the first time that American Samoa has had a new uh, shelter facility to accommodate um, women um, or adults of domestic violence and their children. With what I, when I say that, I mean they have studio uh, self-contained units, fully furnished. Um, oh for victims and their children, right down to the high chair, right down to a crib. I mean, we have all of that. Um, and then we have four, we have six bedroom um, facility for children. Uh, we can house up to 14 children, 16 children at a time. Um, in the So the capacity has extended to provide services to the children um, as well as DV victims. So that is a goal that is going to be open tomorrow um, and underway. So I am Don't happy to say on behalf of Director Mwavaifa Tassi, John Suisala, mm -hmm. Deputy Director Spansia Neweli and Luisa Teo, we thank uh, Honorable uh, Lemanu. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm trying to catch my breath what's his middle name oh yeah we i'm so Pelici. sorry <laughs> governor oh, honorable oh. governor lemanu pelici Mungwa. <laughs> i was waiting for that like sorry okay i'm gonna start again oh yeah. my gosh um would like to thank uh honorable lemanu pelici Mungwa, governor of american samoa um the department of Commerce, um, PNJ Contractors, um, Department of uh, Department of Public Works. All these departments have been able to come together, pull the funding. Um, most of the funding came from the governor's office, um, and and with his support um, in 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 making this a reality. So, um, you know, we're just so very grateful. Again, you know, it's not going to be a big thing because of uh, the confidentiality yeah, of the location of the shelter is, is not to be disclosed by law. So that is why it's not a, you know, it's not open to everybody, but I'm happy to report that that is what we have. Um, as and, that's why I'm, that is and that's why I'm not asking of the location. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not asking where's the party <laughs> where's the party at because <laughs> yeah. i know with um yeah it's gonna those... be a very yeah low-key yeah. Uh, yeah yeah oh my low lover my low lover um it's good to hear that um those that utilize the shelter will be moving into something uh something fully furnished Something uh, uh, new, very uh, new. Um, oh. This is this is a facility that is one of its own. 
Uh, it's not as the same as the facilities off island. As you know, the shelters off island are not are not. Um, they're placed in residential homes in residential mm. areas. Areas. And, and they look like residential homes. So this again is like a residential home, but once you go inside, um, it's it's very different. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, so the next question. Um, so we've come to this question. What are areas of opportunity for your agency? What could you do better? Some areas of agency for for you, for, for DHSS. And how could you, what, what could you do better? For children and family services, what we could do better, <laughs> there's a lot also that we could do better. Um, I mean, as far as uh, timing, timing um, uh, of services, um, having to have more staff to be able to do more, um, uh, probably a lot more PSA out into the community. Um, I, I'm sure there's a lot that that we could do better, but as an agency. Um, you you have to grow and you have to know where the areas that you need to grow from. So, yeah. <sighs> and that's the whole point. I mean, there's understanding that <clears throat> there's a lot that we can do better on because once we move away from that, once we move to we're good, then we stop <laughs> being better, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we should always think of... Um, um, we need to do better. We need to. There are. There are so many. There is so much that we can do better on. So, Malo Lava, do you so have? I are there is. It, it's our layout. There is. There is so many. And of course, one is being able to get key the key people to be able to do the the work. Uh, it's it's very hard to find those that just come in and slip into the right size shoe. It's um, you 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 have to. It's almost like you have to take people with different backgrounds, um, different fields of background of um, skills, and and then you have to train them in, in, in our... One thing we faced a couple of years, I mean, uh, yeah, the uh, past two years, I think this was after 2020, after COVID, um, mm -hmm. was that um, we had positions like we would advertise for two years. People weren't wanting to come to work. We couldn't find people to come to work. I don't know why. I don't know what, what it was, you know. Um, yeah. I, so, I, yeah, it's it's very important. I think it's also important that we need to uh, evaluate our, our ourselves in the way that we do the work. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. this is not the type of job mm. that uh, if you want to work and shoot the breeze and you know you're four to I mean what seven thirty to four mm -hmm. and go mm -hmm. home. Um, this is this is it's it, it's it's not it's not easy work. Um, and it's not for the faint of heart, too. Yeah. Uh, this is something that requires critical thinking, uh, thinking on your feet. This requires patience. This requires you to be, uh, ad what's that word? Adulting. This requires, <laughs> this requires you to pull everything that you have experienced and know. And sometimes, too, is putting aside Mm -hmm. what you know too to be able to address the situation mm -hmm. or a certain person um so it, it's a career that demands a lot but it 
you would have to know that the impact that you that you have on the lives of these children and these families makes a huge difference. So if you're looking for accolades and if you're looking for <laughs> for um, you know to be put on a pedestal, if you're looking for um, award of the year and um, you're in the wrong field. It's not you know, yeah no. This is this is not it. <laughs> this is not it. Uh, I mean, you you sacrifice a lot of time from your family. Yes. Uh, you sacrifice a lot of sleep. You sacrifice a lot of who you are to be able to do this work, and that's why I feel that in addressing some of the uh, issues that we have to do better. It, it starts with us as a staff member. It starts mm -hmm. with me as an assistant director on how can I help my staff to do better in the work that they do? How can I better support them? So maybe I need, you know, maybe I evaluate myself and look at that, look at how, uh, what am I doing as a leader to support them? Because sometimes just being kind as a leader goes a long way, um, you know. So there, there, there's so many things in 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 that in that arena of uh, of it. But you know, a lot of times as employees, we spend eight hours a day with each other, five days a week. For others, it's more time than other places that you know, other than home. I, I believe yep. it's even more time than your church, you know. Yep then at church so uh being able to work with your your colleagues and being able to to have a safe space at work and being able to have that peace of mind to to do your work at a safe space is is very important so addressing the issues of how we can do better as a service provider starts with how can we do better with our staff and then it'll um, it'll reflect on how we provide the services to the community. And, you know, again, I always say this um, to young people, you know, not to scare them, but to be honest in the kind of work that they do. If you're looking for money, this is not the work for it. If you're looking for accolades and awards and, and being recognized as, you know, <laughs> this is not it. But if you're looking to be fruitful as an adult to find a family for a young child, if you're looking to help a young mother who needs to get to see her children that she has not seen for years, if you're looking to reconnect to a father that has lost connection to his biological children, if you're looking to speak up for an elderly adult who remains at home and does not know where his or her benefits have been going in the mm -hmm. past months if you're looking for you know that then this is the job for you this is mm -hmm. the career for you because this takes everything that you have as a person mm -hmm. and 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 hoping that you know you have a good support system at home you have a good um relying on the holy spirit and the lord to to help you in the decision making that you're doing and and be respectful at the same time for the people that are coming to you because they've lost a lot they don't know what they're do um what their their rights are they don't know what is available to them and so you may be the difference to 
you are the difference to today's happiness and tomorrow's safety. Yeah, it's a different kind of fulfillment in this line of work. Uh, yes. Um, it's a different kind of um, fulfillment. And it's not for the, the weak at heart. It's, you know, you have to, it's, 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 I, I am thankful that the discussion today is on the, when I say the discussion today, I mean, around the world, everyone's talking about mental health, right? Yeah. The importance of mental health. And so the importance of mental health on people like you and me, uh, um, organizations such as DHSS and, and the Alliance, um, how it's important, how our wellness, our self-care, our mental health is very yeah. important because we, now we realize why some of these problems come to fruition, like why these problems, where they stem from, uh, we realize the root cause of it. Um, and so and so it can be we also need time to to take, to take a breather. Yes, take care of ourselves. But we haven't come to that. I don't want to say much more on that because uh, we haven't come to that question. Next question is, do you have, does DHSS have a strategic plan? What key things are you trying to accomplish in that plan? What steps are you taking to achieve your strategic goal if you have one? And if you don't have one, if you don't want to share, that's fine. I realize those things can be confidential. Do you uh, have the, a strategic plan? Strategic plan for children and family service. And I, again, I'm sticking with children and family services yeah, because yeah. all other divisions are, are. Thank you. They have, and uh, so for, for CFSD, our strategic plan is basically our state plan of services. And annually we have that, which is basically to continue to provide the services in social welfares where there is safe and healthy homes in American Samoa for children to strive each day. And so the services, as I have mentioned in the, in the different programs that I've listed, but the spectrum is so wide in the services that we provide. Um, I, I won't go into details of the strategic plan, but what, what I do say is that um, there are 29, 29 categories of services um, for the social welfare um, that is that is the services that we operate on. So anything within that realm of the 29 categories, that is we pro that is what we provide. Right down to transportation, right down to uh, meals for children at the shelter, right down to um, you know, child protection, adoption and services, all of that encompass social welfare services. And so we are obligated to provide those to the people of American Samoa. And when I say about adoption, I, I do want to make this clear because we have had some people call us now and then, and they think that we have a list of children that um, are looking to be adopted. Um, we, we don't have that. There is uh, no list of that kind um, that should be in American Samoa, but we don't have it at the Department of Human and Social Service, specifically with Children and Family Services. We just provide the services that helps the court make the decision on the legality of the, of the adoption. Yeah. 
and are those services free? Or yes, it does one uh, all pay. All the services, all the services with uh, CFSD are free. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, is there anything that you wish more people knew about your agency or your division, or the issues you are trying to solve on the issues you are, or the issues you are trying to solve? Let me say that again. Is there anything that you wish more people or more people in the community knew about your agency or the issues you are trying to solve? What do you feel that the community? I want to say that I want to say that I wish more people in our community would come to understand that the services we provide is for the safety of children and the rights of the individual. We are not there to add on to any burden or we are not there to initiate a divorce proceeding or custody battles. What we are there is to assist in what the family could not take care of initially on their own, because basically that's what it is. Um, and, and for more people to understand that you seeing abuse, looking at the face of abuse and letting it go each day because you feel that it is nobody's business to assert themselves in the in the matter, mm -hmm. you are doing more harm than you think you are helping. Because the more children are exposed to violence, and, and again, the studies, studies have shown the results on this, the more children are exposed to violence, the more negative um, the impact is for when they grow up. When they become adults, they may think that that is okay, that that's how, that's how couples live, that one hits the other and that mm. one should serve the other and that everything the other say is what goes, that one should be quiet and follow the other all the time and that it is okay for elders, sorry, not elders, for adults to have sexual relations and to inappropriately touch, say, look uh, to children in a manner that is not right. So I hope that most people would understand that the work that we do is to provide the assistance and, and services to intervene where the family could not have achieved that on their own and to look out for those who cannot speak for themselves, who cannot act on their behalf, that's where the government comes in, that's where social services comes in, and that's where and why you would see a CFSD staff in your home meeting with you at our office, having you to come to court and having you to attend counseling services. It's because we are intervening on behalf of an innocent child or an innocent victim who is an adult. Um, <laughs> how can one obtain your services? And please share your contact information. 
Okay. I'm going to start off with our contact information and say that the crisis line for anyone to call is 699-4221 or 4211. You can call those phone numbers um, and, and speak to either report and abuse, ask a question about the services we provide, ask a clarification about what is abuse, what can you report, do um, you know? Do we disclose the information of the reporter? Which I'd like to say we don't, um, and that is one of the issues where a lot of people would not report. It's because they think that we disclose that information. Um, we do not. Um, and the contact information for our emergency homeless shelter services is six nine nine eight five one nine. The contact information for our main office in Utule, which is office hours are from 7.30 in the morning to four in the afternoon is 633-2696. And again, if this is going to be an immediate um, assistance that you need an emergency respond to, 911 is always the best um, uh, phone number to, to call. But for information, that, that is the number for our services. Um, how can you obtain our services? You can either call the phone numbers that I have given you. You can message us on our Facebook um, social media. On social media, we have a Facebook page. It is under DHSS slash CFSD or just typed um, DHSS or Children and Family Services. You can call our director's office, which is also 633-7506 um, to any of our uh, services within DHSS, whether it be CFSD or childcare or um, ASNAP services, WIC, uh, any of the other services, they can refer the correct number and person uh, if you're looking to to get a hold of a direct person uh, that you would like to speak to. Um, but you can call us, you can email us, uh, you can, I mean, Facebook Messenger us, you can walk in our office, you can even walk into uh, DPS substations or the main station, they can contact us if you need us. Um, that, though, that's a lot of ways that you can you can reach us. Yeah. Thank you for that. No problem. What do you personally spend most of your time on? <laughs> this is a question for you. This is a question for me. Mm. What, what do, you, do you spend most of your time on aside from your office? My home. <laughs> um, my family. Um, I, uh, I spend a lot of time with my husband and my son and my mom and my, my aunt who, who's here, um, my family. That's who I spend most of my time with. Um, I like to say, and I also say this to my staff and a lot of people that I, I conversate with is, um, you know, if you've had a hard day's work, you need to find an activity or something that you can do, whether during the day or during the week, that brings you um, peace and that makes you switch off the hat 
so that you don't bring what you have had from work to home. Because a lot of time we're good at keeping our composure at work and being able to, you know, at an arm's length, how to deal with situation and people. But I also find we are very easy to criticize and be very mean to our loved ones because they are here at home with us. And regardless of what happened, they're always with us. So what I spend most of my time with is basically with my family. Um, I am like the last person to know anything. And a lot of my family will tell you, I spend most of my time in my home uh, unless it is a work thing, a church thing, or I have to go to the store. <laughs> But otherwise, I, I, I love my solidarity in my home. Uh, I like to have peace and quiet times. It's a lot at work. So I require, you know, my sanity by having some me time, quiet time um, that doesn't demand much of me until I am needed at work. Me time. Me yeah. time. Have a me day. Yeah, a me day for me is basically mm. like a pedicure, uh, massage. Mm -hmm. Those are things mm -hmm. that that help me uh, rejuvenate. Yeah, um, yep. a good one thing that you know from a long day's work, and I, you know, I I do have to apologize to our audience to people, but this I have developed this from when I was in college, and I started uh, the field field work when I was in college, and they would let us go out to the field work. And, and so one of the professors that I had at the time said, if you need to have a glass of wine every day to cope with your day, you need to have that. So um, I don't uh, do alcohol, but one of the things that I immediately do when I get home uh, is a shower, a really good long shower allows me to rethink about my day what I have done, reflect on what I have done, what I could have done better, um, how to check my emotions, if I'm still okay, and not, you know, burst into tears while having dinner. And so a good, a good long shower helps me to unwind. And then uh, music while in my room and just sit for you know a good half an hour soak in that music and just be at a good space and then I'm good after that I can you know put on the mommy mode and cook dinner and then chit chat with the family <laughs> Marlo, so the last question is wellness important in the work of your agency your department your if so how are you practicing wellness or how is your agency promoting wellness? I know you, you just told us about. Um, what I can do personally. Yeah. What you do on yeah. your, you spend yeah. most of your time on and that's, and that's your wellness, right? But what yeah. about at work? What about at work? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, wellness is, we, we, we call it self-care at work. So self-care is very important. Um, and of course, you know, with the department, um, each division has a monthly event, which they call uh, in-service, but it's also a self-care time for the staff to get together, 
um, and and you know deal with the the wellness part of of, of the staff. We also have that. Uh, for Children and Family Services um, Division, we also have that every month. We also have a quarterly event for our staff where we celebrate the staff's birthdays um, and just have a fun activity where it's nothing about work and we just play games, chit chat with each other, have a good meal. Um, some of the units in CFSD have their own self-care uh, event where um, they do, I believe the last one had like a picnic and then the others have like a good um, dinner. Others, they went to a pedicure, I believe, and had a, hmm. a, 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 a their unit pedicure and stuff like that. So um, the units are very close with each other. Um, they 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 have built a good rapport, um, and and I guess so. They've been finessed through the fire of the yeah. of the services, you know, <laughs> and and with the, and with each other. So um, I I believe we can do more, but at the time because of the demand of the services and our availability to be able to yes. to provide the services and then you know be be able to be back home with our families too. But that's what we do uh, monthly. We have a self-care monthly event. If we don't have that as a division, the, the units are having that um, for them. And then uh, the division has a quarterly, um, oh, I would like to say it's a quarterly birthday thing, but we also have, we celebrate all the, the special holidays. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you know, like uh, Valentine's Day holiday is all for our singles. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Mother's Day, the Father's Day, all the all the special holidays we we celebrate them as well. Um, but the agency, the department, has its own um, um, wellness within each division, so that not every so that there are still people providing the services so that yeah. we're not all closed at one time and not all are, you yeah. know, so yeah, the, yeah. The, each division has their own. Wow. That's good to hear. That's, and because your department is one of the, if not the biggest department, right? No, no DOE I, I is the biggest. The, yeah. DOE and public works may be the, I think mm -hmm. those are the, 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 biggest. the largest. Yeah. I also want to say that for wellness to our executive team from the director, deputy to the ADs, mm -hmm. uh, my level, we ha also have a monthly self-care uh, time where we just, you know, schedule a time where it's just us as uh, leaders mm -hmm. and take time away from work and we have our self-care activities. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. <laughs> That I think is it's, it's really, really awesome. Important. It's true Very. to have that, not just in any capacity um, of, of services, but more so also with, you know, social welfare, because we take it, it in addition to our own um, family things that we're dealing with and personal mm -hmm. things that we're dealing with. We are the representative of the government mm -hmm. intervening to help families. So we need, you know, to be able to come away from, and, and sometimes it's a lot. When you come away from a very, very 
horrible tragic situation that's not one that's not something that you can just come and be like oh i'm okay with it you know it it, it, it you know it just yeah it's um yeah yeah and it um does do some damage and i always say i always say that um one of my favorite saying things in the work we do is that we we have no business we have no business in trying to help support take care of others if we don't support, help, take care of ourselves, because yes. uh, because whatever issues we have going on, we will dump that onto other people. I mean, you yeah, know, if you don't if you don't deal yeah. with that, mm -hmm. if you don't deal with that, that's going to to yep. show itself in one way or another, mm -hmm. and in not a healthy, happy way. <laughs> and and just being able again, going back to just being able to identify that identify that and that we can say okay I'm, I'm not strong enough to handle this I need a break I need some some me time you know yeah. um and beca because we're able to identify it and we know the importance of having that self-care having that and being well to support others uh so because I, I I we traumatize we end up re-traumatizing victims yes. with with our own issues if huh? we don't take care of ourselves very um, much so. Yeah. So thank you so much. That was our last question. Thank you so oh. much, Paulia, um, for, no for joining us. For That was a wealth of information. And to be honest with you, I hope so. Um, there was a lot. I think three quarters of what you said today, what you shared, is old information to me. No, I mean one quarter. Three quarters. The other three quarters is all new information to me. And here I, and here I am thinking... I know DHSS. I know Bolia. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't know. See, the at the beginning, the first question you answered, you kept going on the services that you have, and then I was sitting here thinking, wow, they have a lot of these services that not only people like me, but a lot of other people don't realize or are not familiar with. Yeah. I'm very. Uh, my ear went out to the the adoption um, services that you have there because I have. Um, I have a nephew who is um, yeah. and then you're like you need to 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 um you need to 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 do the papers you need to to yeah. adopt legally adopt and their thing is eh, you know and my thing is it's gonna break your heart when that person comes back to you to get their child and you never know us we need children for our taxes we need yeah. children <laughs> so you know what's yeah. what's going to stop stop the other person from coming back and, and they have every right to the child because the child still has the same last name as that person uh and you have not legally adopted the kid so um yeah. it's unfortunate so um but a lot of that uh manifested during the covid you know, mm. with all these uh, benefits and funding that came in, a lot of that was in place because there's, yeah, they don't even have a power of attorney. I, I'm not saying that the power of the power of attorney does work. 
but still it's very legal adoption adoption we don't have um and i some of uh, i believe um most of the states too grandparent rights uncle auntie rights mm-hmm. uh, it breaks my heart to see children that have been adopted out almost 10 years and you know you know so and and those are very uh, special cases that really rips your heart out because you feel mole ainga lena tausia ma walu yeyo la to loto ma taimi tamaiti ale fala be lave ele fa nga ina tu nga tala be yo no fa ya tu fo te mi o fa no o tu la fo no aia o tu la fo no o le a wivina e ta ya la ia le nga wenga le ofisa ba nga na ai e yeini ba enga a matu ya e fatatau ile matua e e a fo ye mawa mai ya e fa mau mawa ma oti ya a masalo a i again ele fa ye matu le fifiling on mena mena e fa ila ba le court a but ole tele o alum fa nau wa vai tama ya a fa nau tausi ya o si matu e si le kula ko alo fa ila ko fa nau tausi ai lo wa Oh, that goes back question what are some of the things that the that I would like the community to know? Um, is I would like the community to know that ma apalai ele adoption lo walo awa itele lo ametupu watele me otupu nevai tau ya wo mai ma tu a natural parent le ye ngo lo pe paswa au ya otu e batu alum fa na usa tausi ma fa ma oni ma ma ave ma ye lot so that is a responsibility that you have as an adoptee parent but you need legal representation in in court mm. for that yeah that they are not used to but by law mm-hmm. that is their legal parent parents yeah so it's hard 
But I'm hoping that a lot of our people in the community would um, take into consideration the priority of legalizing adoption. Thank you for that explanation, that further explanation on 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 adoption. Because that's that's great information. Very prevalent in Life happens. And then people change their minds and can go back on what they said. At least that we pui ah matana na na paya tangatan me pui pui ayia malana malana lana tamafai peafa peo wo itu langa fa pena o me tauna o na faya ina ia alufia ma avoid ai um these issues that go to court ma ma nga fo ile fa nga yo yo pepa. Ina ia faamau most tu ina ia o ia tu ngatala ia awal tu ngatala ia tu lowa fo ia ia le le faafonga le tu no ia o me faalu le savili ah esetala nei esetala le tolu le fatau sanga vai mai ko tu pumaola wa aulelei ma matango fi ia mai awala mai ini si fa manu yanga you know ese ese you know, words can change, agreements can change, if, especially when it's verbal. There's nothing to hold you accountable. And people, and people can have dementia. Yeah. <laughs> people can have dementia. Yeah. Okay, okay. See, there's so many things that can uh, there's so many things that are up against us if we don't if we don't uh, uh, work on on protecting ourselves, protecting our our assets, protecting our children. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's all the same, just like with violence. You protect yourselves. Get the information. Uh, be aware. Learn the signs. Learn the you know uh, uh, um, the issues that we talk about. So, so thank you so much, Paulia. I want to take this opportunity to thank you. No problem. Thank the director as well as the department with the many services that you guys um, uh, deal with, that you guys support the community with, that you guys provide the community with, as well as um, the services, support, and resources. Uh, I just love how you say with the work at DHSS, it's really based on the law, based on the law. Um, a lot of people need to understand that. A lot of people need to understand that. A lot of people need to understand the law. Uh, um, it's, um, it's all a work in progress. But DHSS, Ah, Molly, tell it for your hard wing and lay all of a penown, so long, long winner, subsapaya, so swanye, ilemamalu lautele, oleatunu, so osetasi, ilatunu, because that's one thing is that anyone qualifies for your services, right? Anyone qualifies for your services. I mean, 
you don't take someone in according to their color, according to their financial status, according to their, you know, um, background in the community. It's for everyone. Um, It's for everyone. And another important thing is that um, I know for a fact that all the information that's that goes into um, Paulia and her train, uh, her team. Everything is confidential because uh, that's that's another reason why uh, uh, people don't come forth to have these services um, um, utilized yeah. uh, because they think because we're a small community. Oh, yeah. all over. Uh, no, everything is confidential. Again, thank you so much, Paulia. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Um, I know you have a very busy schedule. You're one of the, um, I can say for me, you're one of the hardest people to catch these days. Um, I'm always, when you don't reply, then I'm like, she's all fine. She's all fine. And then, um, and then I'll get an email later acknowledging that you were off island. If it's either you emailing back or your director. <laughs> yes. I love your director, by the way. He's, he's, he, um, will, will make things work. Um, and I think, and, 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 and the work that you guys do, the success stories that you have is proof of his support, his leadership, right? I mean, it's, um, I mean, it works when when the leadership team, the leader, is willing to make things work. Then everybody else, whoever else that that you know, let trick it's gonna work. Uh, it's gonna work. I mean, um, um, and it's good to have these leaders that also understand the issues that we have. Everyone is put into their places to make um, to make this this work come in fruition, uh, full circle. Uh, yeah. So I cannot speak of the, I cannot speak enough of the, the great and wonderful work and services that you at DHSS provide. I am so grateful for the information that you've provided us today. We thank you. And if anyone out there isn't sure about the services that DHSS provides and, you know, um, please, you can also contact the Alliance 699-0272. Um, uh, for more information on DHSS, and we can refer you to DHSS with any of the um, issues um, or support that you need. Um, and for today, this is one of our sessions. Um, this is today's session for Talanoa We thank you for joining us and look out for the next Partners Highlight that we're going to have out there very soon. Thank you.